Welcome to Maximum Role Entertainment Podcast, where we take the time to interview folks within the gaming industry. I am your host, uh, Kelly. Joining us today, we have Rachel. Rachel creates content on YouTube and Instagram as ever adventurous. <laughs> and Rachel is also one of the broadcast producers of Heroes Beyond. Welcome. Uh, thank you. I was going to say welcome back. Welcome to you yeah. as well. Thanks for coming on. Uh, normally, you know, I bring in a lot of like uh, YouTubers that play actual play games. They do uh, uh, streaming and do uh, what's that thing called Twitch and, and mm-hmm. play actual plays. I think you're the first person that's coming on uh, that does like cosplay uh, scenarios and scripts and stuff like that. So pretty excited uh, about uh, what you're going to describe to us. <laughs> yeah um uh, a lot of the stuff I do is more in-person physical so whether that be uh you know questing at Evermore Park or trying to get more into LARP experiences and historical reenactment or being at Comic-Con I really love being in costume and being in character Uh, I even play an online RPG where we get together Uh, every so often physically as well and we'll have like banquets or balls and we'll all be in costume and in character even though most of the time we're just playing a text-based role play online okay yeah right on no that's I've always wanted to I'm not much of a dress up kind of like I've been playing D&D forever but I've never just like I used to make chain mail back in the day and I did wear like a uh you know a shirt every so often but after a while it's like oh it's so painful why am I doing this Uh, (laughs) that is understandable yeah yeah it weighed like 35 pounds and it took 90 hours to make um yeah that's I mean that's cool that you that you can get together get a table and then play out your 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 adventure or even just like that dinner session that's pretty cool I think that's Mm -hmm. takes a lot of heat off the dungeon master I think you know just to right enjoy it and eat real food and costume do you do you go to like (laughs) just like a random restaurant are they prepared for what you guys bring in or is it a surprise for them uh well when i've done banquets with this group we generally rent out the buildings so we can go and nerd out all that we want uh we also terrorize the denny's near evermore afterwards and they they know us when we come in we're all wearing horns and wings and dresses and things and we'll just sit there and chat you know for hours afterwards talking about the different characters and the plots and our theories of what's going to happen next okay yeah i i I could see them just being like ah well at least we got customers you know it's not (laughs) no no (laughs) um but before you got into the going to Denny's in costume. Um, what got you into D&D? How long have you been playing? Or uh, tabletop games in general? Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons was my first TTRPG. And my older brother, I have two older brothers, and they both played it with their friends. And they were very nice because despite, you know, b- being different age groups and stuff, they invited me to join with all of their friends in them so it was kind of like having seven brothers for years there instead of two (laughs) um but I started I know I 
it might've been junior high. It might've been even earlier. I don't quite remember. Um, I just remember my first character was a halfling rogue and I, I just really enjoyed it. And I went on from there. Uh, my brother is very creative. He, he, you know, did a homebrew campaign that we played for years and years. In fact, I didn't even know until way later that there was pre-written worlds and campaigns and things that you could play with in D&D. I thought everyone just made it up. And I was so surprised, you know, people would be like, oh, have you played through this? And I was like, why are you talking? why are you saying you're having like shared experiences? Everyone does their own story. What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of funny that I, I didn't even know about that because I was so used to always doing homebrews with people. Uh, you know, the thing about homebrews, when I first started playing, I was, I was against it because I needed to have like, you know, the, the books and, and that experience. I needed, you know, that world written out for me to, to gain that, the imagination to play it but then playing first edition and second edition modules it's it's not meant to survive or it's meant to have fun but it was a major strategy uh planning that you had to do and and so I felt like I was being led more than me enjoying it so uh, uh doing doing a homebrew that just made it so much easier and better and and, uh, you know, I still think there are people out there who don't know that there's actual set campaigns and stuff. They just, uh, you know, <laughs> you find someone that can tell a story very well and then you could play their homebrew and and be content and perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, that's interesting. Um, so I played 3.5 when I started and then uh, the last couple of the ones I've done has been 5th edition. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, 3, three was okay 3.5 is okay um i went from three to five i did some of the dirty work with four and all that stuff but i i, I don't count it as as why it was fun i enjoyed it but it wasn't dnd as i grew up playing and 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 so it's it, the way that dnd has transformed since the 70s and 80s going into now uh it's made leaps and bounds and i think it's uh now it's a lot easier to get into it and play and i think you know those middle editions were a little bit more difficult mechanics were a little bit more uh wonky to work with i think now they've really streamlined it with five uh made it a little bit easier for people to uh adapt to and then introduce their homebrew games and stuff so i mean that's at least you had a good edition to start off with. Like first and second edition, it was like <laughs> you, you wouldn't survive the each campaign. It was like making a new character every time you game because it wouldn't make it by the end of it. Usually, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, or or you didn't. I hurt my it. heart. I put so much effort into like my characterization and my backstory. Like just like I feel like weeks of thought into a character so that would be hard to just like cycle through them like that for me i'm very big into the rp side of it and you know less a fan of just doing combat all day yeah i I sit there and just me and i had the dm back in the day erase the name put junior or the second (laughs) you know (laughs) you're not killing this guy i spent so much time making this thing uh it's so you know it's the joke you just put a two next to their name or, or something like yeah that. but 
I think it's really cool that you've taken it from pencil and paper and you brought it to, uh, you know, in a LARPing style or into, um, you know, your, your videos. I'm looking at your YouTube now. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, your YouTube. Uh, yeah, so I mostly explore immersive experiences, which is those sort of entertainment events or venues where they really try to bring you into the world. And uh, so that can be anything from, you know, immersive art exhibits to, for instance, uh, a DNC experience I did was um, a local business said, uh, okay, come in and we're doing D&D on the road, sort of, where you had to take their quest out and do it in different places in the city and try to find the clues. And then you roll your dice and you'd, you know, say what we got. And, um, that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, it's just things where you are invited to enter a story, particularly where you're invited to be a character and play with other characters. I just find very intriguing and I'm, I'm very passionate about it that sort of healthy escapism and uh, just meeting, honestly, the kind of people that are also into that and seeing their creativity and uh, being able to befriend them is just a really cool opportunity. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at some of the the videos. I haven't played them because then they're here, here, but just looking at them, the environments look amazing like the I think there's a blacksmith looks like a blacksmith um, smith shop and then you have uh you're holding a dragon no that's not you uh someone's holding a dragon that's really creepy yeah uh, that is really cool I'm hoping to do an interview or uh actually of my own with the um the man Troy Larson that made those dragon puppets and stuff because he does a lot of really cool work with mechanics and uh, making different interesting set pieces and props like that. Nice. So what kind of, what's the style of your gameplay? What, I mean, ju- just from seeing it looks really unique, but what, what is your, your homebrew, homebrew style that you guys play with uh, when you get dressed? So currently the game that I'm playing the most is called the syndicate, which has a really interesting story behind it. Uh, so when Evermore Park opened, and this is sort of like most user-friendly LARP you're, you'll ever come across. For some, it isn't even LARP, but it's this fantasy park you go into. It has some Renaissance-style buildings. It has some more Victorian-style buildings, and it's this world where they have portals that lead to these other worlds, and you meet all these crazy characters, goblins and dwarves, and you Uh, talk to them and you try to get information out of them and go on quests and stuff anyway so there was um a group of us that uh well they formed a guild and i i joined them a couple of months after they joined uh after they had formed and they just started saying like hey we want to make like a magic system for us to play with and we're going to make characters and we're going to be able to level up and stuff just because evermore hadn't really implemented their gamification yet and so it started in person but then we moved to discord and you know now we have all of our stats and our character sheets and everything interesting there so um yeah for me i so my So what we have is like sort of a hub world and then six or seven different worlds that we can adventure in and several people that ask that act as 
um, game masters that will take you on quests and stuff. And a lot of times you're just RPing with other characters, not even necessarily on a quest, but we're so familiar with these worlds. We know how to go about and deal with all of the politics and everything in between adventures. Um, so yeah, so my style is just, like I said, um, it's very, uh, based on trying to like dive into the deep lore of the world and to strengthen relationships with other players to be able to, you know, manipulate them to get to do what I want (laughs) in character, in character. (laughs) That's perfect. Uh, no, that's cool. I, I, you know. Uh, again, I, I didn't know that was an actual like. So it's a, it, it's a safe place for you guys to all play. Basically, they built a, an area for you to to LARP in where you're not going to yeah, parks. Um. Well, yeah. So for for Evermore Park, that's you know you you pay a ticket price and they have actors there and you interact with them. And uh, the the syndicate RP is totally separate from them now. We we don't tend to go there in person as much as like sometimes we'll meet at parks or different things. Um, but uh, you're gonna have to cut this part because I lost my train of thought. Do do do. No, you're fine. Um, I you yeah. know just just to have a place where you can go and and not uh, well now it's more virtual because of this massive right. pandemic that we're surviving through but just being able to to go to a place it's really cool that they've made it an area and it's like yeah you might have to pay to get in but again they're providing a like an environment for you to do things and obviously you have to they have to keep the lights on somehow but it's better than yeah. like let's meet in this park at this time this location hopefully those skater kids don't come by you know, mm-hmm. No, stuff. Evermore Park, I've seen a lot of people, they bring in their D&D groups and they'll dress up as their characters and they'll act like their characters to go through these adventures. Um, I certainly do that a lot because I, I use my online characters a lot of times to go questing there. Um, what, what's, uh, the, uh, what's the length of, of a game session or, you know, the, the campaign? Oh yeah. So with the syndicate, it's just like an eternally ongoing thing. Like I can open my phone on basically any time that other people are awake, you know, we're mostly based, um, in like, you know, Utah area, uh, though there's some of us that are in other States or other countries, that play on it um but yeah so you can just kind of like open your phone and be like okay what's going on in the tavern who do i want to talk to do i want to go earn some experience points by uh you know going fishing or fighting some of the orcs that are keeping people on the dark side of you know veil and different things um so yeah (laughs) no that's so yeah no it's just interesting because i've never you know, I'm used to like, well, now more online than in person, but you sit around table and you get all the experience points and you, you do this thing. So it's really interesting that it's like uh, 24-7, like you don't have to be, you can be on your lunch break at work and just be like, do some stuff. Right. And then- it's it's funny because I have trouble finding time to play D&D Weekly right now. I'm supposed to be going through Curse of Strahd with some people right now. Uh-huh. Um 
but I just, I'm, I'm always running around multitasking and I'm like, oh man, it's so much easier to just like play on the phone when I get a chance than to do like a live dedicated play for hours. Um, so I'm trying to, trying to make some more time to, uh, make sure I keep doing that. Cause I do enjoy that style too. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I don't have the imagination for a text-based game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I write a, I write a lot of content. I do that kind of stuff, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I tried doing it a long time ago. Now that I think about it. And someone, I think it was 2000, uh, maybe it's 99, 2000. They built a program that was just all like, everything was different colors, but you'd have to like uh, navigate through rooms and stuff, but it was all text-based uh, style playing D&D. Um, but you only played through the, the system and it, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know how you navigate. And my, my roommate was just like, he was on that thing like 12 hours a day, just... I'm like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm in this dungeon over here. And I look at his screen. It's the same screen I have. I just, I'm like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I'm going to go play D&D out here with these guys. And he's like, all right, have fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, it's really cool that you have an avenue to, to play 24-7. I think that'd be a cool uh, experiment to do with like a regular D&D group that's not used to doing that kind of thing. And they're like, okay, from today to friday we're playing and if you're not mm-hmm. active uh you're in trouble most of my games everybody's international so it'd be a train wreck because oh. <laughs> <laughs> half of us are over here and then when we're active uh everybody's asleep in the states and then and then yeah when i'm going to i've bed, got a few i've got a few players that i'm like okay if i want a scene with them i need to remember that they're in england or whatever so i got it <laughs> yeah and that's cool that you you have you know, the ability to do that with people from across the pond and, and, you know, interact with them more. I don't think maybe 15 years ago, we just started getting into that ability to interact with people outside of our, you know, state bubble or even city bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I wish that I can just get paid for just doing D&D all day long with people from all over the world because it'd just be so fun. Well, yeah, some people do. They, they've got, you know, a lot of professional dungeon master things popping up. Um, uh, yeah, that's... I've that got a friend mean, that does that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, have a, I have a few folks that do that too. And, and uh, I was like, oh, I don't have time to do that. I, and most people, like, I tell people, if you can gather five people, I'll run a couple of games for you because they listen to some of the podcasts and they're like, Mm. oh could do you need any guy i'm like oh i'm always happy to have npcs but if you have a group of friends i'll run you through my world and then you know i think two weeks ago i did that with some folks and we recorded it i won't release it but we recorded it and then they had fun with like going through the world and they actually listened to the show so it's it's one of those things i never i didn't charge them because it's like finally someone that's going through my world and, and you know they're having fun with it so Oh, that's fun. One of the videos I have on YouTube is about legacy fables. And that's a place where you could come in and you had um, a game master and you got to play a very simplified, you know, sort of um, RPG where instead of rolling 
dice you just drew pass fail cards but you know he did all the voices you were in this room themed like a tavern and you were assigned characters so you had you know your stats ready for you and stuff and that was pretty fun yeah, yeah. that sounds like a lot of fun i'd be really interesting not to do dice one day and just have uh usually like sometimes i'll ask my wife and i'll be like i'll be doing uh the podcast and she'll like walk around like hey uh do a number one through 20 like they're screaming numbers but i have headphones <laughs> and she's like i don't know like three and everybody's like, oh, oh no i was like because <laughs> she doesn't play D or any fantasy games or dungeons and dragons none of that uh mm-hmm. although she's a librarian and a stem teacher uh she's like i don't have the imagination for that and you can you can just do that in there so i was like i guess that works you know uh i always try to get her to uh do voice work for the show because i i don't like doing all the npcs and so i'll write a script out of uh an npc that i do while we record and i send it and then i cut it and i put it in place so in post not even the players uh it's basically my way to get the players to actually listen to the episode that they did Mm. (laughs) because I added all the sound clever yeah yeah. (laughs) now I just need another 60,000 other people to do the same thing you know but Mm -hmm. whatever uh so your your uh YouTube channel you got pretty good amount of people that follow pretty significant amount of downloads per um you know episode you post so that that's you know it's out there people like it it's interesting uh i'm gonna watch all these videos when we get done because i meant to do it the last week but i totally <laughs> forgot i i even had it up on my computer so when i came upstairs the next morning i was like oh what's this and i closed the window because i'm like what is this i don't know what this is um but i'll, I'll watch these tonight because uh, they look really cool and and uh, where could people go if they're listening right now and, and wanted to check it out it's Ever Adventurous on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. good places. The name I messed <laughs> up. Yeah. I was like, Adventurous. Oh, and I, I was like, oh, that's got to be a typo on my side because I just copied it and then I took, yeah, it's all my mm-hmm. fault. Uh, but that's a cool name. Is, is that, so is that name just like you individually or is that the, the, the show network, I guess? Um, so it actually started as ever more adventurous, uh, because it was kind of about Evermore park. I, I used to live right next to where they were being built and, uh, you know, I did like makeup for them when they oh, were, cool. yeah, when they were pumpkin fest, just as a volunteer before they'd even built the park yet, they still kind of did events on the land there. Um, and, and then by the time they finally had the park built and everything, I had always intended to be an actor there, uh, but I moved two hours away from them. And so I was like, how can I support them? How can I still be involved with them and part of the community when I'm two hours away? Yeah. And um, part of that was, I guess I just ignore that fact. And I still drive there three out of four weekends a month, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, yeah it's it doesn't even seem that far to me anymore honestly um but uh, I just decided you know I'd already been working on photography and you know videography a little bit and I was like yeah I just want to make sure that 
this beautiful place and this really cool adventure park is being documented. And so I started, you know, taking pictures of all the costumes and, you know, the actors are always very appreciative because, you know, they can't have their phones on them. They're in character. And so they don't have pictures of themselves. (laughs) And, you know, so I try to make sure I'm getting pictures of everyone so that the actors can have those. And a lot of really cool cosplay comes through the park from guests as well, who have made their own incredible costumes. So I'll ask them if I can take pictures. So I post all of that on the Instagram and then just random um, original characters that I make or makeup, something that I've been doing recently that is like, nobody asked for this, but I'm just wildly entertained by it. is that I just take sets of dice that I like and then I'll make a character or a makeup inspired from the dice. Oh, that's cool. Um, And I just, I just think it's so fun to be like, okay, you know, I think one of my favorites I've made was called like dark arts contagion. And so I made this cursed queen character with the same colors and made a whole backstory for her and stuff. And so that's, that's the kind of, you know, stuff that i get get up to on the instagram there is that the one with the ruby or the yeah the ruby ring um it's it's like a black and green picture and i've got black eyes oh okay yeah so and it's got like dice levitating all around me oh okay yep i'm on the instagram and checking it out yeah the instagram's amazing uh so definitely check that out folks because there's some great pictures and when i was looking before we uh when we started talking i was like i i, I was like does she work at a costume shop where it's these are all really professional uh <laughs> pictures like uh my friend he has a kickstarter going on right now and i was like he's looking for cosplayers and i was like oh my god she'd be perfect uh but <laughs> it's just it was yeah i'm i didn't get I'm enough pretty... time Yes. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I'm pretty new at sewing. Actually, I've done like a few cloaks and I'm just delving. I'm trying to make a Regency dress and um, like a Tron project right now, but I'm pretty new to it. Uh, uh, But, you know, I just follow other YouTubers who kind of inspire me that I'm like, you know, I can learn this. I can do this. Um, So a lot of the costumes I have right now have been bought but that's still cosplay you know if you're dressing up and you're you're in character that's cosplay um but yeah so that's that's something I'm really wanting to get into more um I have done a lot of like wig styling and makeup but now I'm starting to venture out into uh the costuming more but yeah photography is one of the big things I do um I take photos for people who are traveling out to Evermore, I'll do a lot of cosplay for photos for others there or just family photos or whatever they're wanting to get done. Um, So I really enjoy that because it's a super cool setting. There's, you know, these catacombs with skulls all over the walls and this amazing mausoleum. And there's a lot of like actual historical artifacts around the park that really just give it this sense of realism. And, um, Oh, it's that, it's a really cool place. That was the picture I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, because I been I go to all the catacombs here in Europe." Because <laughs> oh wow, Paris. so you like actually know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and so I have a ton of pictures. I was going to send them to you, and I was like, "Oh, she's already been to the one in Paris, obviously." Uh, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> because of the the post. But I have 
I have videos and just I did a you know a private tour. It's like eight of us, and we got to go even further into the catacombs. And there's like, oh my gosh, small, I want to do that. Yeah, there's like a tiny. Uh, someone made a model of like one of the, I think it's one of the the palaces up top, but he carved it underground near one of the uh, uh, stacks of, of bones. Uh, and there's a whole story about the guy, but I saw that picture and I was like, oh, cool. She went there too. <laughs> that but, is fascinating. Well, good job on, you know, Josh Stedman and his team and everyone that did designed the park if that if that made you think that I was there <laughs> yeah, yeah it looks very similar and I was like oh cool all right all right uh because yeah. you can only get us no. so many of them yeah that's so cool I was taking cosplay photos for a girl that she plays um one of the twilight vampires professionally mm-hmm. for like twilight events in Venice and um and Forks so oh, she nice. was wanting to get some some more photos for her character that she plays for that. And that was the perfect, you know, setting to do it at. Yeah, the, you should definitely come out here. Uh, my friend, she just went to um, Paris. I think it's in Paris. They, I sent you a photo, but it's a, uh, they, they dress up and, you know, last year there were the four queens or maybe that was the year before but uh every year they dress up as uh queens um in the whole town they all dress up and what what event is that for um this is the okay that's the i don't have the actual name of it it's 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 carnival but it's you know, that's, they say that for like every little special event, yeah. but it's a particular one, but they all dress up in like armor and all kinds of stuff, but it's the whole city. Oh, that's neat. Uh, oh, cause it. I've heard about that in Venice. Yeah. That's been on my, like my dream list is to go to the, the big Venice carnival. That's, um, that's going on uh, last week. That's when it was. That's the picture I sent you. That's it. Her, oh. little, her little group of four. Uh, they go every year and they've been here for about 15 years. They moved back to the States and then they flew back uh, over, but they get completely dressed <gasps> up. Oh, um, I am. Oh, I'm jelly. Yeah. I've been stalking the the Instagram of the Venice carnival and a couple of photographers that take pictures of everybody. Oh yeah. It's amazing. That is so neat. There's also, they do wine ones. If you drink wine, they have one where the fountains actually have wine coming out. You just walk by it through glass. (laughs) It's really cool. Uh, It's a small event, but, you know, they do fun stuff like that. Or if you go to Czech Republic, there's a lot of medieval towns that are still still the blacksmith out there. Like, you can walk around. It's not a, you don't pay to walk into it. It's the actual town. They still do all the original stuff and Oh, so like, yeah, they have historical food. interpreters there and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, so like the blacksmith will be out there making horseshoes and stuff, but he's he's like, no, man, this I'm actually doing orders. I gotta, I have to have this done by uh-huh. tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay, because he's sitting there. I'm like, man, do you have to do that all day? And he's like, yeah, it's my job. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's a legitimate blacksmith. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I turned the corner and he had a bunch of these hand made dice that these Ooh. they're made out of iron and he basically just cut uh pieces of iron and made dice i bought all of them and <laughs> sent those out to people <laughs> he's like oh no one ever buys the dice i'm like how do i not know about this 
but yeah, you need to make it over to Europe because you'll get to experience a lot of these. Uh, yes. No, I've got a list them. of like dream videos to make for the channel. And uh, there's definitely quite a few things over there that I want to do. Uh, you know, just a small funny thing is that people, my wife, um, there's a, a survey in the States or a thing she follows in the States about travel and like, how much is, would it cost to go to Europe? And people were putting 15,000, 20,000, 30,000. Like, I was like, are they joking? Is this real? No, it's, <laughs> it's all, everybody thinks it's like the movies, but um, the hardest thing is getting your ticket because uh, from the States to here, it's about. 1500 maybe more or less depending on when you get them uh and then just airbnbs you know 20 30 euro a night uh really easy uh and it's not that expensive um yeah for me the hardest thing is like i want to spend a few weeks over there but i also have like three children so that's yeah, yeah, like a lot of babysitting hard. money <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of missing them so but yeah i've i definitely intend to to do hopefully a little bit of that next year we'll see but yeah so yeah your instagram has amazing photos i'm just it's i'm just blown away to see the the amount of people that get into character and how seriously they take you know that role and you know it's awesome to find out you guys have a safe place to do it all and it's not like trying to find okay i think i found a place and let's try to get here (laughs) Oh my goodness. There was one LARP recently. I was trying to make it. I had to go up these tiny little switchbacks on a mountain and I, nobody had warned me. I was like in a minivan. Someone I had to, I I was like, I'm not sure I can get back down. I'm not sure if I can get there or if I can get down. (laughs) I eventually did get down. I had to say, sorry guys. Uh, I needed to be like in a Jeep or something, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there are sometimes there's a little, but again, that was a different group. Cause yeah, I, I just try to, you know, taste as much of, you know, all of the different groups that I can, you know, I used to be in theater. That's sort of my background and uh, was a theater major and everything. And I kind of thought that was the only way to explain that feeling that I loved so much of being in character and being able to immerse myself in a world. Um, uh, particularly because, you know, um, that's when, you know, my brothers had moved away and I didn't have anyone to play D&D with or anything. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like it's so popular now and popular with a lot of oh, my friends geez. and stuff. But, you know, at the time in high school, you know, once my brothers were gone, I didn't know anybody who played it, you know. Um, uh, it was fun though when I worked for the Shakespeare Shakespeare Festival when I was in college that nice. there was a group of the actors that had a campaign going and we would just all come and watch them because they were so entertaining because they were brilliant actors um, and we just you know all crowd into their apartment and watch it that was fun. Yeah, it's always, it's always interesting and I think growing up LARPing, uh, it's just. I just got so wrapped around like how they used to do LARP and it was like in random uh, parks and people were just making fun of it. So I always grew up with it like, oh, that's weird. I mean, that's, I never considered like nerd gamer because I'm like, oh, I don't dress up. I'm not, a, I don't get into mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Uh, but like now these days I'm like, oh, I, 
I could don a cape occasionally. I don't know. But living in Europe, I mean, it's, that's not unusual. Uh, I think for D&D in the castle, I wore my lederhosen because they're authentic from Germany. It's uh, uh-huh. like, so, oh, that's cool. Where'd you buy that costume? I'm like, it's not a costume. This is an actual lederhosen outfit. And they're like, oh, you must be from Germany. And this one other guy was from Germany too. He wore his. So like we walked in the room. Ah, yes. He's like, oh, they just started talking to me in German. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, no Deutsch. <laughs> but I live like, I live like in Munich or near Munich. And he's like, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But that that's the extent of my, my dressing up. I'll wear my lederhosen and, you know, a really cool shirt. Yeah. See, that's, that's when I see somebody in costume, I'm just drawn to them like a magnet because there's, there's a pretty high percentage that they're my kind of people. Um, in my own hometown, you know, I saw people, you know, in the park, uh, fighting each other with swords and these weren't like LARP swords. They were real ones. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And they were with the SCA. So they're actual, you know, reenactors of, um, medieval. And so, um, I, I get to, together with them when I can too. I'll hopefully make a video more about that side of things as well this year. But I just think that it's so interesting how many different avenues there are for this type of thing. And I've noticed at least a lot in uh, my local community that it's just been um, really called upon to have more of these interactive quest type things. The Renaissance Fair here picked up doing quests that you could do along with it a lot of the nerdy conventions do it the aquarium you know started doing themed events with like pirates and such that have have an app where you can follow clues to find treasure and stuff yeah i think it's really you know it helps bring that history out not just the history but it also brings out the inner uh you know you can drop the office look you can drop the seriousness and you can you can, you know, leave your current, you know, whatever is going on and, and go and have some fun and not, you can be someone else and not, you know, be Steve, the accountant, Steve, the barbarian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's, what's fun about what I'm doing. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, obviously um, I spend most of my time, uh, you know, homemaking and being mom and helping the kids learn their alphabet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever I have free time and that's what I do is my job kind of is, you know, trying to do these immersive experiences and meet people involved with it and take pictures of people involved with it. And it's really fun. Yeah. My daughter, um, she's two and we have an ongoing adventure that she goes on. So like at night when she wants, instead of reading a book with mom, sometimes she wants to go on the adventure. So I'm literally <gasps> having to create this adventure. Uh, I love this idea. Yeah, it's because it gets, you know, she gets involved and she's like, oh, and, and, and so I, and I write a lot of content. So I'm like, I'll just start making a thing. And then maybe I'll, maybe I'll get an artist to do some animals and I'll, I'll make a little book for her one day, but. It, yeah. you know it's just to have that type of imagination that's a lot easier than having coco melon do the abcs you can, yeah uh, <laughs> um one yeah one of my favorite experiences at evermore was one of the first times maybe the first time i went with my daughter she was three or four at the time 
And I had forgotten to, I'd, I'd warned her about a few things because it was Halloween time. So I was like, okay, there's going to be some scary characters. If they scare you, just say boo back, you know, and, and they'll be afraid. And, you know, I preferred her for several things, but I forgot to tell her, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be me when I'm there. I'm going to be a <laughs> character. <laughs> but so she's watching me when I switch accents and I'm telling people I'm Caroline Ravenwood and, you know, everything. And then they they asked her and what's your name and um she without any prompting gave them a fake name <laughs> i was so proud yeah, she was just like i you know and she 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 drew from disney she's like i'm princess sophia but she adopted a character and i was like yes smart kid she picked right? up that, on what's going on here well that and that actually teaches skills so when she's out like at school or something and a stranger she gives a different name, you know, it, it works. It's cr- it cross, you know, cross, uh, mm-hmm. you know, promotes the uh, learning of things and recognizing danger or trying to yeah. be someone you're not, you know, so it works. I like, it's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids. I, I, my oldest daughter is 13 and uh, she's an artist that I've been trying to get her to do smart for a couple of my projects, but it's like, oh, whatever. I'm like you make dragons you do this stuff why don't you work with me and then she just doesn't understand that you know it could be in a book or something like that but I think you know her sister is going to be really into D&D because she has like a big dice that she rolls around and she's like dad and she'll throw the d6 and it's like this big and she's like ah I'm like what number is it she's like one two three you know it, yeah it, it all helps it all helps with learning I mean it works I, I oh like yeah my so, my daughters love dice already as well they're always trying to get into my treasure trove of them oh yeah I have boxes and boxes of dice that I've collected over the last 30 plus years but I'm making are- <laughs> I'm making one uh dice makeup that's called uh the dice set is called mermaid's crown and so <laughs> it's like this battle was in me because I'm like I want to make a dice crown but like part of me is like you can't glue the dice on there that's that's <laughs> like you know wrong but I was just like it's okay I have like three sets of it I'm gonna put like one on there <laughs> yeah you can just get some cheap ones like uh, online yeah. you can get five pounds of dice that it's just all right basic colors and stuff but you can get a giant bag of five pounds of dice and paint them but yeah yeah so I've also noticed that you have a Patreon, which is pretty cool. Uh, why don't we dive into that before we wrap up the uh, the interview? Because I'm curious sure. about your Patreon. Um, yeah. So on the Patreon, that is early access to all of the photo albums that I do, um, because those are more slowly released to the public or... Mm-hmm. Um, if it's Evermore stuff, usually I'll post it uh, a week or two after the fact um, that people can see it earlier if they want to see their cosplay or the characters and stuff right away. Um, and just the uh, my videos as they go along, they get early access. Uh, as I start to do more interviews, because I'm hoping to do more interviews with artists this year um, as part of as part of my videos they'll get like the full interview as of, as opposed to like a shorter cut. And uh, yeah, we've got a discord on there. Um, and uh, it, it it's good. I, I think I've, I've 
I think I know everyone on there in person right now oh, that right I've met at Evermore. But cool. yeah. I mean, the, your Patreon, you got three tiers, a $3, $5, and $10. That's pretty reasonable. You have a good amount of content. Uh, again, the Discord. Uh, you know, That's the one thing I always see people now, and I've always pushed on like some of the Kickstarters that, that I'm a part of. I'm like, you got to have a Discord. That's the new thing. Get a Discord. People like Discord. Even if they don't go on it, just have the Discord because then like, you start getting all these numbers. Uh and it just looks nice because then when people come and visit, like, oh, yeah, you have 200 people in the Discord. Now, if any of them talk, that's one thing. Or uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but they're there, you know, and it's, it, it's just, you know, nice. It's, it's just a nice, yeah, it's a convenient way to contact me if they have a question or a comment. And I feel right. like Discord is the thing that I'm on the most, honestly, out of, like, Instagram or anything else, just because I'm on there playing games and stuff, you know. Yeah. And it's very private community. Like it, you have to get an invite basically to join someone, so they can just pop in out of nowhere and be disruptive, like mm-hmm. you know all the other chats or Facebook pages or groups, whatever. Sometimes I'm yeah. always, I get a message from like someone like, "Hey, someone in the Lost Lauren is going on this huge thing," and then I have to like try to figure out what's happening. And I'm like, I don't even mess with it, but I need to. You know, it's always hard when you get into the I would say the public eye, but when you're out there and then other people with maybe not in the community, uh, just like to test the waters. No, exactly. It's a nice place to talk about projects or ask people what they're interested in, what they want to see. Cause you know, that that is your real, your most true audience because they're invested enough to have put even a dollar in, then they're, you know, they're good people to know their opinion because they, you can have really 10, enjoy what you're making yeah you could have ten thousand people over here but then you just get everybody has an opinion but you know you get those more dedicated ones and so it's yeah it's nice it, it the discord's really cool and uh where if someone was listening to this show uh could they find the discord uh so yeah to join or, the discord you would have to go to the patreon and i think it's on the lowest tier yeah, yeah. it is that's what I meant to say. Your Patreon. How did they find your <laughs> Patreon? I was looking at the Discord at the same time. Sorry. Um, I believe it's just Ever Adventurous. I need to double check though. Um, so Ever Adventurous, like female adventurer, is yeah. the okay. All right, and and so. there'll be there's links in the show notes so you guys can click on. But uh, so it's good. So at the end of every uh, interview, we we like to play a little game over here. Uh, where you get trapped in my basement from 1988. Uh, there's been amenities added. People add stuff. So if you want to add something to it, uh, perfectly fine. We, ha- we have a water cooler now that uh, that company didn't exist back then. But we have a water cooler and a bathroom now. Uh, so you're in this room for 24 hours. You have one other person with you, anybody you want in the world, maybe not even in the world, in the cinematic universe. Uh, and you get... Uh, what type of food would you have? What type of dice would you have? What type of drink would you have? Who would run the game? And uh, what what game would you play? Usually it's uh, of some first, or not, it's one book of the D&D series, usually the player's handbook, plus one edition. But you can, mm-hmm. you can do anything. So <laughs> my imagination just goes like very wild immediately with that that I'm like, I want someone with 
illusion powers who can make me feel like I'm on the holodeck basically. And we are just like full out in their homebrew world. And we're running around, you know, doing everything in person. Um, So I don't know who's capable of that. Loki maybe, but that's a little, I I don't know if I trust him with my life. I got it. You could have Q. There you go. Oh, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even scarier. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but yeah, you could have that guy as Q, not him as himself. He's probably not. Oh my as gosh! Crazy. Well, oh, I know. So there's actually um, an episode. So you know, Q plays a character, like he voices a character in the kid show My Little Ponies. I did not know that. He <laughs> does, and it's a very chaotic character. Um, he's got a little bit of Q energy. Uh, but I just remembered, I'm like, maybe I'm thinking this because there's like an episode where they're playing D&D and his character does that. I'm like, is that where I got that? Huh. <laughs> could be, could be. Well, I, yeah. I feel like uh, they get introduced to D&D now because Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast at the moment, which also oh, produce, um, So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I see. They're, they're prepping them to get into D&D later. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, which is funny because I, in my master's class, I did an audit on uh, a situational audit on Hasbro, and then that's how I found out they own Wizards of the Coast. And I'm like, third editions when they bought them. That's why all the artwork didn't have any blood or guts or anything during that book. Oh, that's because Hasbro purchased boy. them, and Hasbro is a family-friendly thing. So all the second edition nudity and blood and gore, mm-hmm. it was gone. That's why I didn't really like the third. Well, that's because Hasbro purchased them. They own My Little Pony, so they play D and D. I'm yeah. waiting for GI Joes <laughs> to play D and D or Power Rangers to play D and D. Hasbro owns all those people too, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, so so I just I just want yeah some some basically illusion powers to to bring us into it as immersively as possible. Okay, all right, and uh, so I guess that takes up the book options and stuff. So. <laughs> Sorry. What type, what type of food would you have there for 24 hours being trapped? Oh, that's um, just just some like typical yield Renaissance fair kind oh, of. Yeah, you meat know, on a stick, meat pies, and yeah, yeah, uh, things like that would be fun. That's one of my favorite things over here. Is every time there's a fest. They always have the meat on the sticks and everything. And I'm like, yes, perfect. Yeah, I always get like the turkey leg or, you know, something like that. It's always interesting. Uh, if you make it over <laughs> here to Estonia, you can go to Old Hansa, which is the oldest tavern in the world. There's Wait, a, uh, in the old, what's it called? Old Hansa. Okay, I was just hearing that the oldest pub in the world just barely closed for business, but that's probably <sighs> different. I hope so, because I want to go back to Old Hansa. Yeah, it was called something else, so it's not that one. Okay, so this one, so in in Estonia, it's the oldest. It it was established, I think, in nine-something or eleven-something. But the inside is original. Like, they don't have electricity. They have candles for everything. And they have the largest, uh, they have the largest bear right so like most of their meat is bear um but you can do this whole immersive thing and 
get all they make their own honey mead or honey wine mead uh but they make different versions of it from the original recipe from back in the day so you can get them in the goblets and everything and it's just traditional everybody's in the traditional stuff and uh you could do the big feast and it takes about three hours to do it that's so cool so we can jam that into the room you know you just since it's immersive and uh illusion style uh, yes candles Uh, everywhere um, with all the meat evermore has a themed restaurant attached to them called vander's keep and it's this very grand hall that makes you feel like you know the sort of riders of rohan yeah hall feeling um and they, they serve some pretty cool things there and they'll bring in um artists to play music on the harp or the bazooki or different things it's really cool nice yeah yeah if i'm ever in utah i'll have to come and check that out but I... you are going to all the real stuff i'm yeah, just yeah. going to the... <laughs> i want to i want to go to some of this historical that is so cool yeah and, and check you can go to like the uh, cave restaurant so they're like built into caves but they're lit by candles and stuff and you can do oh, love that old, yeah uh there's just they're all over here they're and they try to keep them as traditional as possible. So, uh, the yeah, the drinks and everything. I, that's I haven't been to Old Hansa for th- three, four years. And I was like, it'll be there. It's been there for this long. It should survive. It survived <laughs> how many pandemics? It's got to still be around. Oh my gosh! Right. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, you can read the whole history online about it. You can when you go in there, you can read the history of it. And it has like. Uh, I don't think it's the same family that's run it. Hold on. Maybe. I don't know. It's got a lot of history. Like that's the place to go when you're in Estonia. Uh in Riga. Oh no, is that Estonia? In the, the city of Riga. It's either Estonia or Latvia. I can't remember which one it is. But uh I'll find it and I'll send you a thing. But uh it's a really cool experience. So yeah. All right. I mean so far, your basement is no longer in the basement. It's an immersive world. It's awesome. I like it. Sorry. Like, yeah, uh, if you ask what, me, I'm just going to go all the way, right? Yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> so you you got this uh, awesome giant room of, of uh, medieval style stuff. And, uh, well, yeah, here's <laughs> pretty much the most uh, interesting of them all so far. Oh, wait. Yep. Nope. I was going to say someone did Albert Einstein and got really creative with it but no I still like yours I like the Q yeah since we're going with Q we may as well make it sci-fi and do like something in outer space that'd be cool yeah yeah. (laughs) you're in an episode of Star Trek you have to yes Groundhog Day for 24 hours straight that'd be horrifying Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so uh Again, anytime you got anything new you want to put out there, or you want to come back on and, and talk about some new projects or anything else you're working on, you're more than welcome to come back. Uh, but thank you for coming on and uh, hope you have. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Roll. Join us each week as we interview folks within the gaming and entertainment industry, such as writers, illustrators, artists, podcasts, Twitch and YouTube streamers, social media content creators, handcrafted gaming apparel and merchandise and much more you can find maximum roll on apple and spotify and anywhere else you find your podcast if you want to be interviewed on the show just email us at maximum at gmail.com or instagram 
at maximum underscore role underscore entertainment underscore LLC. And if you like Maximum Roll, check out some of the other Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and streams on the Maximum Roll Entertainment Podcast Network. Need some excitement on that morning drive to work? Welcome, adventurers, to Constructed Chaos, a live play Dungeons and Dragons podcast full of unpredictable antics, borking doggos, and engaging fantasy storytelling and roleplay. With sessions recorded in a professional studio setting, you'll feel every bit of the action and hear every snide remark by the snarky NPCs. Jump in and have a listen to our flagship campaign, The Wrath of Zealous, to help us construct some chaos. This is Mark Reinhagen, creator of Vampire the Masquerade and all those other monster games. If you like what I did before, you're going to love the Accursed series of games using a narrative version of the D20 5e game system in which you play cursed beings in a dark fantasy setting called Lost Lorn. I'm working with a collective of artists, writers, and game designers called the Tailspinners to bring this world and these games to life, and you're welcome to join us on the ride. We are releasing a new zine every month, uh, which in a series of six, detail and outline a unique and amazing campaign setting. We started with Bloodstone Isle and are moving next onto Invictus, the City of Bridges. For a nominal sum, you can get these delivered to you monthly on Patreon. Just type in patreon.com backslash lostlorn. Thanks for listening.